Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 322 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. Am I happy to be here today or just kind of annoyed with you or myself? <laughs> I hope you're not annoyed with me. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, like chronic annoyance, I think is what mm. I'm calling it. This might get a little venti today. Every once in a while, over the last six years, every once in a while, we allow ourselves to take a break from the positivity of this show that you that you all come here for and just get a little a little complainy. Is that what would you agree, Megan? Yeah, a little stabby, a little, yeah, a little grumpy, a little, and I think sometimes they're funny things. Like we, we very much recognize that irritants are sometimes kind of silly and, and fluffy and like spoiled of us. And, but sometimes they're actually like legitimate beefs we just have yeah. with life in general <laughs> or the people in our, you know, in our households or, or our households themselves, like the houses themselves could be an annoyance. So, um, yeah, there, there's, and it just reminds me of one I got to add to my list right now. So I'm adding just uh, of, just little beetles everywhere. Okay, just <gasps> oh added that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, the point is that we're not, we're not going to just make this only event such. We want to be helpful and we want to like leave with some kind of context, right? So I think we're going to try to, we're going to get it all out. We're mm-hmm. going to get our little, little complainies out. And then we're going to talk about how to kind of reframe that and like why it happens, like what our triggers are and what we've learned about ourselves about when we're in that place where everything's annoying to us um, and ways that we've been able to kind of, you know, get ourselves turned back around. And hopefully that part will be helpful and the rest will just be kind of funny. Well, and I know that there are other moms out there in the middle of summer who feel low grade annoyed all the time. I know we're not alone. And I think that's why sometimes it is, it is important to, just complain a bit and to bond with your friends over the little things you can complain about. If we don't have a space, a safe space to complain about petty little things, then then it builds up into bigger things. And Megan, I was actually thinking about other times where we've talked about, I don't know, like a mom funk or a mood, mm. like a like a low grade, like kind of malaise we've talked about before. We also during the pandemic talked about like emotional labor and mental load and like just surviving when you're kind of at your just operating at like very little um, bandwidth or very little margin in, right. in on the edges. And today I think is a little bit even less serious than that. It's truly the things going on in our lives right now that are just bugging us. And I think are worth, worth bonding over once in a while. So Agreed. can I tell, can I tell about my roof? Because really the roof yeah. over my head is, <laughs> is the baseline for all of this. So I wrote in our newsletter a couple of weeks ago, our newsletter essay. And then I think I wrote an Instagram post the next day because I still had things to say about this. But 
we've had a major construction uh, project going on at my house for like six, eight weeks, a couple months. I've lost track. We're replacing our roof. It's been very long drawn out. It's delayed. It's very expensive. And it's been the kind of disruptive that's like, if you know, if you've if you're remodeling a house, sometimes you move out completely or you move into one little portion of it. And ours has been the kind of construction we're just continuing to live through, which has pros and cons. I mean, we didn't have to move out of our house, but it is ever present. And I was just thinking of the things, the small things that have added up. Like I haven't parked in my driveway in two months. I have to park on the street, which means Mm -hmm. things like bringing in groceries or having the kids get in and out of the car is kind of a pain. We've lost power intermittently and unpredictably at random times. Um, I can't record the podcast at my house and I, I can't leave my kids home alone like I was starting to do a little bit because there are a whole bunch of workers there all the time. So it's like this layer of things that I found myself just feeling really short fused and really irritable. And um, almost like my senses were being assaulted because there's constant noise, constant Mm -hmm. interruption. Like someone would just knock on the door, the dog would bark. Like again, here, here begins the complaining and we promise it won't, the whole episode won't be complaining, but I'm just validating like anybody who has a thing going on in your life, whether it's a move or a new baby or like a job change or a childcare change. Sometimes it takes weeks to realize that your patience is operating at like an unmanageably thin level. And if you've been a mom for a long time, like I have, you're probably pretty good at just muddling through anyway. And that's what I wrote in my newsletter essay is like, we don't even really, we just, we kind of know we're annoyed, but we just keep going anyway. And at a certain point, I think it's worth pausing and examining and being like, okay, what can I do? And I, I actually wrote about seeking like sensory pleasure, like, like making myself really good food and wearing really comfortable Mm. clothes as almost like an antidote to the, the sensory assault I was experiencing with the construction. So that's kind of, that was like the genesis for this, but the, the end result is I'm annoyed all the time right now. You're always annoyed. Well, you know, and I was just thinking about the fact that when you get that, like we talk a lot about that emotional muscle memory on the show. Like when you start to know a day is just going to be full of those, like you, you start reacting before it even happens. Um, or you're like, you're on yeah. edge, like you're, you're all like geared up you're, you're geared up for a fight even before the fight is happening. And it reminds me of that, that time period we went through where we were having so many technical issues on the show. Like every time we sat down to record, something went wrong. And it was a period of like two, three months. And we identified a couple different things that were potentially the problem. And it's all resolved now. But I remember like, we still did the show. We still had fun. It was still great. But every time I sat down, there was this like low level dread that Mm -hmm. I don't even think I really knew was happening until later. Like mm-hmm. once it was gone, I was like, oh, right. That was super stressful to record for a while because we never knew what uh, mm-hmm. variation of things might go wrong or was it going to take forever or was it going to end up, we'd have to reschedule for another day or whatever. And so, yes. yeah, there was just all, you you end up kind of like bracing yourself all the time when you're in one of those, whatever, it could be micro, like just this one thing is hard or it could be everything is hard because my house is torn apart. Yes. Exactly. Um, And in the second half, we're going to get into also our personality differences and how different personalities manifest annoyance. I think I I know for me, I think I tend to get annoyed more quickly than I get sad or needy or grumpy. Um, So annoyance or irritation is a very like it's a very reflexive um, experience for me. So I think this will this will be fun. And and above all, it's fun to bond with your friends sometimes just by complaining. (laughs) 
Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah. So like we said, this first half is all just complaining, which is going to be kind of fun, I think. Um, Why don't you go first and then we'll just go back and forth. Great. I'm so excited to um, tell you the first (laughs) thing that is driving me crazy. I mean, I already explained the roof because I think that is um, that's like in the background, the roof construction. But specific things that are driving me bonkers this summer with kids home. One is that my children have blessedly outgrown the phase where they are genuinely physically fighting and hurting each other. They are now 8, 11, and 13. They don't wrestle or pull hair. They don't push each other. They don't knock each other's block, to- uh, block towers down anymore. So this is a wonderful thing. But they they still get loud in this very um, melodramatic way. And it's almost like play. And they're acting like they're... It's It's like... They're in a play where they're playing siblings who are fighting and I can hear and I know they're not. Nobody's really hurt. No one's actually crying. Nobody cries in my house anymore, like because they got hurt. It's really amazing. And yet they persist in this like, wow, like 
don't do that. Stop touching me. And they're almost they're almost joking. That's the part that's so annoying is I it's like it's for sport and I, it's so loud. Mm-hmm. It's so loud. Do we do you even know like do your kids do this or do I they? I am just I'm like win- wincing over here <laughs> yes, and grimacing okay, because my kids went through a phase and you know because anytime you have five kids any phase lasts forever because someone's <laughs> always in it. And the boys in particular went through a stage when it wasn't exactly like what you're describing, although I'm sure they did some of that too. It was like, they sounded like cartoon characters all the time. They sounded like, have you ever, um, there was this game that used to be able to get, and it was like these two little guys would punch each other. And the, <laughs> like, it was like a little, like you would hold, wasn't Rock'em, might've been Rock'em Sock'em Robots, maybe. Okay. But there okay. was like a version that was, that was, a ha- had like sound effects. So it might okay. not have been that same game, but you would. You would they would punch each other, and then when one of them landed a punch in the right spot, the other one would go ah, was like that, and it was really annoying. Well, (laughs) my kids were like the human version of that, or like the human version of like an old Batman cartoon, like pow, bang, boom, always. And then they would do this dramatic screaming sound when they were um, like, and sometimes they would do it if they were just talking to each other. Sometimes they would do it if they were playing video games, but it was like this like screaming. And sometimes it was for the benefit of the person on the other side of the computer game. So like you've got boys screaming through the computer and then (laughs) disembodied voices screaming back at them. Through the computer, and like it children is, who aren't even in your house—they're not even my. Ch- I don't even know who they are. There's yes, there's kids screaming in my house who aren't there, and <laughs> I used to have to just like leave because I couldn't. It was so annoying, and sometimes I did have to tell them like, "This is so annoying. You have to knock it off." But sometimes it was just part of the play. It was all very much in good fun. Like no one was getting hurt, no one was upset. Yeah. It was just dramatic and loud and dumb, and I yes. couldn't stand it. And there's no, it's kind of like kids making mouth noises or tapping their feet or Mm -hmm. like, there's really no good way to train them out of it because it's just kind of who they are in that stage. Um, I will say it's been a really long time since any of the boys have done that routinely. Clara still does every now and then like makes a dramatic noise for no reason, but for the most part it's faded out. So there's hope. I already feel better. And yeah, like if you if you are a mom of younger kids, your kids are probably actually still crying. Like you, you think right. they're playing nicely and somewhat soon enough, there's like an actual meltdown. And I went through so many years of that and they don't do that anymore. So why are the noises still like so loud and so um, unnecessary, mock, mock serious or mock dramatic <laughs> right. or something? OK, it's yeah. your turn or we're never going to get through all these. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, this will be probably my longest one, I think. But um, this is a and, and this is kind of, again, like coming from a place of privilege, like I am privileged enough to now live in a home with people who can do things for themselves and for me rather right. than me having to do everything for them. But along with that comes a lot of annoyances. And one of those is lack of follow through. Um, and it just makes me crazy. So for example, you have a kid who does the dishes, but not the last two dishes. <laughs> like they just leave like two or like right now with the pool, they put the chlorine in the pool, but then they don't throw away the jugs. So there's like, you know, bleach jugs like floating right. around in, in my pool or they're blowing across the yard or they take the trash cans to the curb, but then no one thinks to take them back up to the house. Even the person whose job it was to take them to the curb. It's like right. this consistent 75 to 90 percent of the job getting done that it makes me nuts because then it never feels like anything is completely done. So either I have to bring everything to completion, which I don't want to do. That's why I delegate or I have to go re like reassign the job. Yeah. 
Um, and this is not something, it's not even just one task. It's like all of the tasks and it's like all of the kids. I wouldn't say any of them are particularly great at doing the whole thing. Some are better right. than others. Some are really, really chronically bad, but it, it's very annoying. Yeah, no, I would agree. It, it feels personally insulting when they do that because, you know, <laughs> yes, because, you know, they're smart enough. Like, you know that. And, you know, we know like children and teenage brains, they're just not like we are not their first priority, like bringing the curbs back in or the, the cans back in from the curb is not high on their priority list. But they're also smart enough. They know like it's not it's not like a little kid who just hasn't been taught yet. So that's why it, yeah, right. it feels particularly insulting. I agree. And they know our expectations too. Like my yeah. kids know that when I say do the dishes, it means yes, even those two cookie sheets, you don't feel like washing by hand. Like they know that because I've said it a million times, but it's kind of like they assume maybe this time I'll forget or right. like maybe this time they really have something better to do and they just, right. or they'll get around to it later. I mean, it's just, yeah, we, we could go into the reasons, but that's not the point of this event. The event it is, is not the, the, all of these are valid regardless <laughs> Uh, right. Okay, I'm going to combine a couple here and just you mentioned repetitive noises, mouth noises, chair rocking back and forth noises, tapping noises. I'm going to put all those together into one giant like we're home a lot in the summer bucket of annoyingness. But I'm going to add heavy footsteps. Why mm. must they walk so heavily down the hall and why does it bother me? Like it's not. But there is one child in my family who walks like they're mad even when they're not. And I'm always like, again, my ears perk up like, oh gosh, like, is everything okay? Like, did someone get in a fight? And no, it's just, it's like a lead foot situation. And the funny thing is I'm a very loud walker and I've been called out for it in the past. So I, I assume this was passed on genetically, but it's when I'm already in a kind of a state, like I, I already have a short fuse that even the walking of my children bothers me. So that's how annoyed I am. <laughs> and all that's the other pretty, noises. <laughs> that's pretty bad, Sarah. Um, well, I'm going to also, I just kind of like took a few of mine and lumped them together too under this sort of summertime. Um, but this is a little bit of a different theme. This is like the unpredictability of summertime and I'll just add in. So there's something about my personality that loves unpredictability in some ways, like the novelty of a day, not really knowing what's going to look like, um, everything being a little bit different every day. That's great. And, and I do thrive under those circumstances, but there is something about the combination of the kids home in the summer. And then the fact that because I'm co-parenting with my ex and we, mm. we always change up our schedule, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot in the summer. So, so the schedules are different. The kids are around a lot more. Um, I put in the outline random driving opportunities in quotes, <laughs> because what that means is the kids want to go someplace and it's yeah. truly random. It's like the middle of the day. Hey, I got, and I want to take them places, but like I'm in the middle of doing something else, or I thought that my day was going to go this way yeah. and suddenly it's going that way. And because of that, even things like getting the cat litter, um, cleaned or like getting the trash out, I don't always have the kids here to do that. So then it kind of falls on me, which isn't a big deal, except that's not how it usually is. So mm -hmm. I just feel constantly off balance. And yes. then if you add in something like rain, when I didn't expect rain and I had perhaps planned a long walk on a day that I knew I'd have the time and now it's raining or, um, or it rains. I mean, rain is obviously a big one. It rains when I thought I was going to get yard work done or whatever. It's just like one more factor. So mm -hmm. just the normal weather fluctuations that happen yes. and pre precipitation is annoying to me right now. I'm um, picturing you shaking your fist faster. at the sky. <laughs> do you shake your fist at the sky? <laughs> I should start. Maybe that would do something. Maybe that would change it. Bless but it's the, 
Yeah, I just think it's the, I think the, the theme there is unpredictability. And even though I do thrive in it to a certain degree, there is like a place where it becomes too much. And then I don't realize how much it's affecting everything mm-hmm. else. My routine is off. And I said the other day, um, I feel like I'm just floundering right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just too much and I can't just create a schedule and stick to it. It's yep. all over the place, which is new motherhood. So anybody who's listening, who has little kids is like, yeah, welcome back to my world. And I, I totally get that. But like at some point you think you're past it and then you're mm-hmm. not really, you're just past yes. parts of it. So no, absolutely. <sighs> and it, cre- it does create that sort of what I think of as like systemic body stress, at least for me, because I carry mm-hmm. a lot of stress in my body where you're like, why, why does this feel so hard? Like, why does my day feel so hard? And I think that unpredictability is a huge part of it. If whatever you're used to, whatever normal you're used to when it's not your normal um, and you can't cling to it or make a schedule right. and stick to it, it is unsettling. So I'll, I'll kind of pile on that and a couple, and then the roof, that's what the roof construction has really done. In addition to kids being home for the summer has increased that unpredictability and a couple specific ways that I just find myself feeling really annoyed is the unpredictable windows of time that I'm by myself. Even if before it was just an hour or two, um, I, I wrote in our outline, like people just walking into the room and starting to talk to me in the, when I'm in the middle of, of doing something, probably work on the computer, but it might Mm -hmm. be something in the kitchen. And, you know, I, I've been a parent for 13 years. I've had a lot of kids in my house over the years. It's not like this is new, but when, when you can't predict the, even the small pockets of time for your brain to settle on a task, it's just constant. And I just find myself like, I'll be working at my computer and a kid will come in and just kind of like, you know how they do that. They kind of like hover for a minute and don't say anything and you know, it's coming. And then they'll be like, yep. And you want to be like, just out with it. Cause I'm now waiting for you to say something. I know you're going to, yeah. Like, why are you here? (laughs) Is this like, is this an urgent need? Is it important? Can it wait? And then like, I feel rude and anyway, so do you ever say, can I help you? I have said that to my kids before, which feels like, I feel like a jerky concierge at like a snooty hotel or something, but can I help you? Yes. How how can I serve you today, child? Um, Or I'll just ignore and keep working and just see how long it takes them to like come up with whatever they were going to say. So people walking in and starting to talk to me is an annoyance right now. And another annoyance is I, I don't know when I can get ready in the morning because Brian is in the bedroom and this sounds so petty because it's his, it's his room too. It's his morning to get ready, but we don't really have like an exercise getting ready, like system in sync because of all the changes because of he is now going to an office to work now, but the kids are home. My exercise is different. So sometimes I'll kind of get, I'll get lost in the morning and walk in and think like I can take a shower or do my makeup or like make the bed. And he's just in there like changing. I'm like, ah, get out. Like, I just want this room to myself. So that is now, now I'm really showing my true colors. Well, I think that that is, you know, in pandemic times, um, the benefits of people not spending their entire days together yeah, (laughs) and the challenges when you do became very apparent. And that is one of them, like getting ready in the morning and like having your swimming in your space, talking to you when you just want some quiet is it's a, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, I have one that's kind of odd, but has been irritating to me lately. And again, it's like, it only really affects me like twice a day, but when it does, it's just like a super bummer. I have this weird beetle infestation in my house. Um, I actually think it's on its way out. I think it's done now. Like just as I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get a pest person to come in. I think it's over, but there were these little beetles 
And I thought at first that they were ticks. They look a lot like ticks, but they're, I got close and they're beetles. They have like a okay. segmented body and, um, they, but they're little, they look like the shape of like a little ladybug, but like they're okay. brown anyway, okay. or black. They were coming, I believe out of my drains. So they were in the kitchen and in the um, bathroom, my bathroom okay. specifically, mm-hmm. but they would come out at night to die in my bathtub. So by the time I would find them in the morning, they're all mostly dead. Like a couple would be running away, but they're just in my bathtub. So imagine mm. looking in your tub yeah, and there's like 15 dead beetles. Oh, and gosh. even the ones who are still there are slow and bad at running away. So I would just scoop them up in a you know piece of toilet paper and flush them down the toilet. So it only take me like, you know, two minutes to clean out my tub in the morning and throw it away and then rinse the tub and then I'm good. Except it's like every day. Oh. And then I started to see them in my kitchen. They were coming out of the drain in my kitchen and they were on my kitchen ceiling, which is really gross because sometimes yeah. when they die, they just fall. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. other thing I was thinking. Maybe they were on the ceiling above the bathtub and then just dying and falling in. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. But um, either way, they're, <laughs> they're not running away from me, so they're dead. But I'm just like, oh, every day, like, what's my shower going to look like when I go in the morning? And yesterday morning when I took my shower was the first time there was like only like two. And then today I just glanced in. I haven't showered yet today, but I just glanced in a few minutes ago and there's none. So okay. I think maybe they're done. But again, it's like one of those, like, not only is the thing itself annoying, but like trying to decide what to do about it is annoying yes, because it's sometimes another those, thing. it's yeah. another thing. And sometimes those little infestations just pass. Like yep. I've had ants before where I just threw a couple traps down and it was fine. So there's all this, like, do I need to go do some research to figure out what to do about them? And do I call somebody like another decision on my plate? And, yep. and so for like two weeks, there was just this solid, like little process happening in the back of my brain going like, what are we going to do about the Beatles? Right. What are we and going to Beatles. do about the Beatles? And, and finally the Beatles. the Beatles just took care of themselves. So <laughs> thank goodness. That is the cause for celebration. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's so funny. Um, okay. Well, I ha- I'll switch gears. This is just back to like kid behavior or home management. And that is shoes just left <laughs> in the middle of a high traffic area. And I think in the summertime, because we're not all like you're not going to one place for the day or like, you know, leaving for a few hours and coming back. We're constantly coming and going. Um, it's California. We like kick on and off flip flops or natives or like, and I, I'm actually kind of guilty of this myself, but I at least put mine in a corner. Like I don't drop my shoes in the middle of a high traffic area. And there's probably, there might be four or five people at home during the day. And there's 16 pairs of shoes how do they all have so many shoes Why? when you don't want them to? But then Why? how do they never have in- enough shoes oh. when you need them to? Right. They don't know where their <laughs> shoes are when it's time to right. leave or they leave without shoes. Yeah. And and I can't, the specific annoyance is in, like they will drop their shoes or kick them off in a doorway, like in a high trap, like in an area where you're just walking through. And I just feel like I'm not even asking you to put them in the closet. I'm literally like, could you kick them into a corner or like, toward the edge of a wall the bar is so (laughs) low for success and they repeatedly fail to meet it miss it yeah oh my gosh yes I that has just been such an ongoing thing in my life for so long now that I almost feel like I have shoe blindness like I just I just my feet kick them aside without my eyeballs even seeing them yeah Um, and they tend to collect under the dining room table um like one half out from underneath the couch. Now, I think yeah. I must have ranted and raved at my kids enough time about leaving them like in doorways to trip over or like, yeah, yeah in thresholds. Um, so now they still get kicked off randomly into the wrong places, but they tend to be less dangerous wrong places. Yeah. 
Well, you've been in my house now and in my kitchen. So you know how like as you walk through the kitchen area behind those bar stools where you sit at the counter, it's kind of a narrow passageway and you're the family rooms kind of behind you and the kitchen's in front of you. And it's it's open concept, but it's like there's still kind of a narrow walkway there. Um, and that is where things gather. And there's not there's not like excess room there. You're either sitting right. at the counter or you're in the family room just behind. But it's not like there's no room for shoes on that floor and no reason for them to gather there. It's just yeah, just absurd. It's absurd. Right. How about you? Um, well, I just have one left um, and that is dog hair. There's just mm. dog hair everywhere right now. And I know that's a really common summer thing. And my dog is pretty shitty. And I've not been the best about bathing and brushing her, mostly because she just looks at me like I'm punishing her when I do it. I just feel bad. But um, so it's just it's like this time of year, it collects in any room that has wood floor. It just kind of collects in the corners. It becomes like this thick carpet matted thing. Uh And then that means the rooms that are carpeted, you just know how disgusting they are. You just can't see it as well. She's got like a couch that she sleeps on and it's just gross. It's just dog hair and it's just sticking to me and it's sticking to the floor and it's sticking to everything and it's floating around all the time and it's just a little annoyance it's just kind of a, a low-level irritant yeah that never really goes away but just like the hair itself that builds up over time and oh, yes. becomes a meaningful a meaningful that was a good analogy like, for metaphor impact. thanks <laughs> yes thanks yeah. um my dog does not shed and he annoys me in all kinds of other ways but i will take a moment of appreciation that I, there is no dog hair in our house i've had a dog that sheds a lot in the past but not right now Um, okay. Well, I just have one more and then we'll, then we'll move along. But my kids listen to music in the car that annoys me. And I feel like that's so cliche as a mom of like tweens and teens. And I, I actually was really happy when they started getting into more of their own popular music. Cause for a long time, it was like podcasts and Hamilton. And I had a lot of control actually over what we listened to in the car. And I enjoyed a lot of it, or I put it on and like thought my own thoughts, like tuned out and thought my own thoughts. Um, and so I kind of thought it was cool when they, when they first started really listening to like what I would say other kids are listening to popular, like top 40 stuff, some pop stars, because we've never really been into listening to the radio. So they've never really gotten into popular music. And I thought it was kind of fun at first. And they were, you know, bonding with their friends over music. And then I'm now I'm over it. I I'm over it. I don't need any more Olivia Rodrigo in the car. I don't need any more Billie Eilish ever in my life. And I actually, I think Billie Eilish is pretty cool. I like her music, but I just, I'm tired of the repeat. I'm tired of the fact that they only Mm -hmm. want six songs and they kind of like fight over who's going to queue up the next one. And it's like, it's all the dang same. So We've been spending a little more time in the car and I just miss uh, like silence, I guess, or like even the radio would be kind of okay because someone else it's like, there's enough variety. And this is, feels like an endless loop of like seven songs that I'm just over. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just thinking about what's annoying to me about music with my kids. Um, because most of the time, like you said, like for like 90% of the time, we all really agree on music and will usually takes, he's got a lot of leadership in the family mm-hmm. with like yeah. musical leadership. And he's got great taste and he's really good at putting together like a like a playlist for a road trip that yeah. I'll be happy with. And we love listening to musicals and all that. But I would describe this as almost like the kids get into like joke rap. Like it's not even <laughs> serious. Like the mu- they're, they're not listening to it because they actually think it's good. They're listening to it because they think it's kind of funny. And now there's a whole bunch of YouTubers who do stuff like that. And so they play it just to troll me. Right. I don't even think they're enjoying it. I think they're playing it to be funny. And I'm... I'm not amused. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, 
seriously, guys. And I'll let them have, you know, I don't know. There's somebody that they really liked. I want to say his name was like a little sleazy or something. That's not right. But anyway, it doesn't, it, even the names sound like joke names. So I think there must be like a whole group of, like you know, ironic. artists out there. It's yeah. ironic. And I don't get the irony because I don't enjoy the music. So I, I'm right. not listening deeply enough. First of all, I'm not listening enough to that kind of music that I even get the joke. But right. even if I did get the joke, it's not a funny joke to me. I don't right. want to listen to that. So, um, yeah, that has been a, a point of tension for us. And so I'll usually let them have two, three songs and then I shut it down and we go back yeah. to Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> that would just be. Yeah. I need to I need to take a little back control. I found myself we were yeah. in traffic yesterday and I just found myself saying like, OK, one more song and then we just need to have silence. And they were like, OK, mommy, like they, they just almost like <laughs> like, well, yeah, because it at some point it becomes that like sensory thing with me that right. I just don't even want to hear anything, anything at all. But I think right. if like you're saying, if we had some good playlists or some fallback options that we all liked, I don't necessarily need silence. I just need to not hear this particular music one more it's time. almost like you need to have an agreed upon playlist that is created before you get in the car so that you're mm -hmm. not having to make the decision in the car and no one has to play dj and right. no one's like in control then and like hijacking from the other kids because that'll be another thing they'll do yes. the older they get to drive each other crazy is like hijack the music and play stuff the other ones don't like so yes. you got to really get in front of that <laughs> i gotta yeah. I, I gotta nip this in the bud right, right? now yep. oh my gosh Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. 
Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so we've established that we are annoyed, chronically annoyed, perhaps this summer, and why. But as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the fact that there's like there's the little things that drive you crazy. And then there are the bad feelings that come with the fact that you are being driven crazy. And a lot of it's guilt or like shame or these other things we heap on ourselves as moms. And, And I'll just talk for myself, Megan. I don't even know if your brain works like this, but like I often have this story I tell myself, like, you know, Sarah, you have it really good. Like, you don't deserve to complain about this kind of stuff. Like, these are not real problems. You should be so grateful. Um, So that is like running on a loop in my head. I also do the thing where I'm like, oh, it'll be so much better after this summer because the kids will all be in school again. Or when Brian goes back to the office, it'll be better. Or when the roof project is over. Um, and I saw a funny little meme. I think it was Glennon last week that was like adulting is basically just saying over and over again, like things will be back to normal next week or it was something <laughs> yeah. like that. And it was pretty funny. And a lot of people responded to it because we do kind of we we put that on a loop like, OK, this is really stressful this week, but it'll be better when fill in the blank. And we all know, like, there's no normal season of life. There's always something going on. And then sometimes I feel guilty, like my kids are going to remember just like just this low level annoyance. And I have noticed like this summer, they're older, they're more in tune and they do that apologizing. We've talked on the show about like over apologizing kids before. I know Clara was like that for you, but my kids will, they'll apologize for things that aren't their fault because they see me being annoyed. So they'll be like, I'm Mm. sorry, mommy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that pitcher of water spilled. And you, you know, like if I express annoyance, if I'm like, gosh, da, da, da. They'll they'll start over apologizing. And then I'm thinking, well, now, like, they're going to remember just stress that wasn't real stress. Like, we're not. We're fine. It's just annoyance. And I don't want that to be the predominant, like, um, you know, the vibe in in the home is one of chronic annoyance. I don't want that. So I guess I'm just putting it out there that there's being annoyed and then there's feeling bad about being annoyed. And I experience both. And I don't know if if you do or maybe not. Um, it's different for me. And it's interesting because one thing that hadn't occurred to me, um, in the first half you were saying, or maybe it was like the intro you were saying, you know, that the way that you manifest annoyance or irritations, like say there are irritants, we all have them. We all have things that are happening around us that are creating agitation. Let's just say. Yeah. And for you, the, the immediate response is to go to, to feel it as annoyance or to Mm -hmm. express it as annoyance. And I don't actually think that is the way I'm built. Um, I can go a very, I have a very long fuse and I can go a really, really long time without displaying what I would say is annoyance. Like without Mm. other people knowing that I am, I tend to have like a really optimistic outlook and think everything's going to be great. And like everything is great, even when it's clearly not. And I just have this, (laughs) like this ability to kind of push through usually with a smile on my face. And it's kind of funny like the Clara, when she, she apologizes to me, it's when there's a lack, when I don't look happy or like when I look neutral. Like if my face is just neutral, like blank, she interprets that as me being upset or Mm -hmm. like, so she'll apologize. Like she's like, you look really annoyed with me right now. Are you annoyed? And I'm like, no, I don't look like anything. I just look blank. (laughs) This is my nothing face. I don't have any emotion, but I started to think about, so then 
how do I manifest the feeling of like the agitation? What does it do to me? And for me, I tend to start to get um, sleepy. Like I get really tired. Oh, yeah. And or I find myself wanting to escape a lot. Uh-huh. I start I like start kind of losing myself in like um, guilty pleasures. I eat too much, like not eat too much, but, you know, I, I eat yeah. things I wouldn't otherwise eat. I have the extra drink. I find myself wanting to leave, like go away mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. not deal with what's happening. So for me, it's more like an exhaustion or an escapism that starts to happen. And so it doesn't look so then I feel guilty about that because I know okay. I'm not present. Right. And I know that I'm, and I'm like, why do I feel so like I can't checked get on? Out, I can't, of. I feel checked out or I can't, um, I can't get my schedule under control. I feel like I'm late to everything or I'm missing things. Like things are slipping through the cracks. And that's just because all the things are piling up and creating almost like my brain is shorting out, mm-hmm. but it, it's still, it's not annoyance exactly, but the same things that cause annoyance and you cause that causes yeah. that in me. And then I do feel guilty about it, but I just feel guilty because I don't feel productive or I don't feel organized or I don't feel like I'm spending enough time with my people, you know, my kids, or I feel like I'm avoiding the dishes a lot or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's all just to say like the, the narrative in my head isn't the same narrative as yours, but it like comes from the same place. Yes. It's so fascinating hearing you talk about that. And I can see you are an empath. You are like one who likes to serve. So I can see how for you that would manifest in feeling the guilt is more about like, I'm letting somebody down or I'm not connecting or I'm not showing up for my people. Um, and yeah, that's so fascinating. And that makes sense. I mean, I would have guessed that your personality does not have a short fuse. I know that about you, but I also know, I mean, you and I like to complain about stuff sometimes, so I know you're not immune to it, but it doesn't, (laughs) um, like I can feel it in my body as a, as a tension and a, a shortness in my response, in my, in the tone of my voice. And it, it's just really quick to come out that way. And for you, you are just, um, it, you present more mellow. And so it's got to go somewhere. So that's, that was all right. fascinating what you it's said. It's just hiding in the back of my brain, I think, or like making <laughs> it's me making you sleepy. It's making me sleepy. And I think there is like a low level sadness to it. I think it's emotional in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. like a low level, like I'm just not doing it right. That's kind of how, like, that's how to sum it all up. I'm not doing it right. And I feel bad about it, mm-hmm. period. So, so then like, wh- like, oh, I think the personality thing is so interesting because obviously we are different people, different personality types. And yeah. how does that all play in? Yeah. Well, let's just briefly share if people are new, if you're, if you don't know anything about Enneagram, we'll just link up in the show notes, our favorite resources. We won't spend time on that now, but if you're Enneagram familiar and just, we haven't talked about it in a while. I am a one. I'm a one wing nine. I have I have pretty much figured out my wing. I think I know I said in the past that I kind of thought I was equal between the two. Um, and you are a two, most likely a two wing three, Megan. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've actually interestingly, though, sometimes when I've taken the test, it shows me a two wing one. But I think two wing three has been more common. So. Yeah. And I was just doing a little bit more um, just for funsies reading about the wings. Um, and I, I have another very close friend in my life who's a two wing three, Sarah, and you and she present so similarly in so many ways as performers and hostesses. And I just happened to read about two wing threes just out of curiosity. And I definitely, I mean, I saw a lot of you in the positive, in a good way. Um, but I thought it might be kind of fun to just talk about like how our personality and we can use the Enneagram framework or just what we know about ourselves. Um, but how that 
how that impacts what we feel annoyed by. So we found this little article that just says what makes you angry based on your Enneagram type. And I can start. Um, but this is these are things that make Enneagram ones mad. Laziness. And this is, I guess, la- other people's laziness. Irresponsibility. Right. Unfairness. Dishonesty. Wishy-washy behavior. And that kind of speaks to that like unpredictability of like, is it my time to get ready in the morning or is it yours? Like, let's decide. Um, Feeling like they're not getting enough accomplished. Hmm. Lateness, (laughs) not getting enough time to relax. Obsessive self-criticism that I mean, okay, ones do obsessively self-criticize, but that's confusing to me because that doesn't make me mad. That's just a thing that ones do. But I guess I guess anger comes out if you're being self-critical. Um, not being appreciated for what they do for people, mm-hmm. feeling like they're mm-hmm. never good enough, feeling burdened by excessive responsibility. So these are sort of I guess this would be a list of almost like triggers, but also also the symptoms of being mad. Like when when a one is mad, we feel like bitter about, you know, we're the one who's doing all the work around the house or we're the one who like has to think of all the things or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know if you want to read your list or if you have things yeah. to say about mine. <laughs> well, I do. I want to read mine, but I've, I mean, definitely like you and I have talked a lot about um, our one-ishness and our two-ishness. Mm-hmm. And I guess before I read mine, the thing I would say that I think is fascinating now that you and I have been business partners for so long and we both do get annoyed and we get annoyed sometimes, well, often by the same situations. So you would think we were annoyed for the same reasons, but we're right. not. So there might be a situation that is uh, clearly like egregiously annoying. Mm-hmm. But the reason you might be annoyed by it and the reason I might be annoyed by it, like what it represents to us can be very different. Totally. And so sometimes something that kind of annoys me doesn't annoy you at all. And sometimes the other, like the other way around, like there's other, there's also times when like, there's not enough of the different, um, like the intent behind it. We don't see the same way. So mm-hmm. like something might really bug me and not bug you at all. Yes. And vice versa. So. And the spirals it sends us down, even if we're both objectively annoyed, the the things we want to like obsessively talk about and like remind, <laughs> like, let's talk about this again. And and yeah. and this are very different because we're being triggered, like the parts of our personality that are triggered are different. So I might be like obsessively looking for, did I do something wrong to cause this? Or like, am I in the right? Did I do everything mm-hmm. right? And so I have firm ground to stand on that this other person is definitely in the wrong. Um, And you might have a totally different reaction, but we're still annoyed. So I also think it's fascinating. And ones and ones and twos are next to each other on the continuum. Mm -hmm. And you and I have some very different things about how we present. But we also, like, we both care about doing things well. We both are people pleasers. And we both, you know, as business owners, we have to be aligned on a lot of things. So it's not that it's like, it's not diametrically opposed, but I think those finer differences are fascinating too. Yeah. And even like the wanting to prove you did it right. Like you and I will both have that same reaction, but you want to prove it because you want, like, you want to make sure all the eyes were like that. You, like you said, you have a leg to stand on for me. It's more that I perceive, um, other people saying something was wrong as them criticizing me. And I want to defend myself. It's just Mm -hmm. a very different it's very different. So I'll read this now. And I feel like, you know, every other, the other seven Enneagram types listening to this would probably have a, you know, a slightly different reason that something like that might, might upset mm-hmm. them or, or annoy them. So 
The things that make two Enneagram twos mad are selfishness, rudeness, which I think of as kind of like a sort of selfishness, I Mm -hmm. guess, Um, being taken for granted, being feeling left out, feeling overburdened by other people's dependence Mm -hmm. on them, receiving. Yeah, that one's big. Receiving harsh criticism, not getting the closeness or intimacy they need, becoming ill from overdoing it for others. I can't say I've ever become I've never like worked myself till I was ill, but yeah, that I know of Uh, going for too long without doing the things they want to do feeling like nobody cares to tune into their personal feelings, suppressing their real feelings for too long, tense, conflict-ridden environments. I can't handle those at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and burnout from taking care of others. And I it, that almost feels like not something that makes you mad. It's just a result yeah. of like the tendency, right? right. So yeah. like going back to the example of like my kids only half doing the dishes feels like them um, selfishly, almost like putting me in a position where I have to like, be mad at them or something mm-hmm. like there's something yeah. very yeah like deeply triggery about that that really isn't about them not taking having respect for their work or like the fact that they don't have a strong work ethic mm-hmm. I don't really care I just want them to take care of me like mm-hmm. I want them to and I'll find myself when I'm not in a great place I'll find myself saying things to them like you know well if you asked me to do this I would do it for you or look at all the things I do for you you can't do this for me and I know that's like not a good place to go. And I try to really not do that much, but yes, yes. And, and that tiredness I experienced, or I I talked about experience and can sometimes feel like sadness. It can sometimes feel like I just like, especially if I'm actually am also physically tired, like, you know, how you get kind of irrational when you're really Mm -hmm. tired. It will feel like I just want someone to like hug me and do all the things and tell me that's because they love me. Like, that's all I want. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, totally manageable until I tip over that point. And then it's like too much. And I just want to cry and go to sleep. Did you, I didn't read at first the paragraph and we'll link to this, but I love that the first sentence about Enneagram twos. um, And the main thing they say that makes them mad is selfishness and rudeness, but it says caring and generous. When twos get angry, they're more likely to be hurt and withdrawn than have a violent outburst. However, if stress increases or they're continually taken advantage of, they can flip a switch and become quite confrontational and aggressive, calling out misdeeds and righting wrongs. I have seen that. Not you haven't done that to me, but I've seen that in you in that you can be like you talked about just being kind of low level, sad or withdrawn until it goes too far. And then you've you've talked on the podcast about like that, that switch flipping and like the mama bear coming out or whatever. Like I am yeah. going to make this right. And you are going to be if you're in my way, you should be you scared. are going to. Yes. The, the rage, like the channeled rage. Oh, for sure. Okay, you read mine. Okay. So I had just scrolled to it. <clears throat> when ones are angry, they get tense, critical, grit their teeth, clench <laughs> their fists, and try to repress their rising feelings of fury. One of the biggest ways to get on a one's bad side is to not take responsibility for your actions. And that I have seen in you again and again. Like something, if I was going to say there was something you can't let go of, um, or, you know, not that you can't, but that you sometimes... Yeah. Hold to. to let go of. Yeah. It's like when it's like when months later, someone still didn't apologize for like the thing that they did or when they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when there was a miss, a misdeed and they never um, take accountability or responsibility or like, or even see it my way. Right. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, I can only think of a handful of examples of ones you've really hung on to, but sometimes it's like, no, they didn't do, they didn't, they didn't get accountable. There was never any accountability. And and it's almost like you try to like enforce the accountability from afar, even though unfortunately they have no idea <laughs> that that's happening because it's all in your head or it's like all between in our conversations. Yeah. And it's like, I really want someone to know 
that they messed up. Isn't that terrible? And mm-hmm. actually, I often am okay without an apology because I am not, I don't get my feelings hurt very easily and I can move on, but it's like I want the the logical side. I want someone to see it the same way I see it and see that there was a mistake was made. And a lot of people, that's just not their personality. They they are water under the bridge. It doesn't matter. The details don't matter. Let's just move on and focus on going forward. I'm like, well, that sounds like a terrible idea. Let's <laughs> let's be very going clear about forward. what happened so that I can right. move on. And it's it's not even often. It's not about the apology, but just about like, I want someone to understand what happened and know that like a misstep was made. And I'm also, I, yeah. I think, I think I'm very willing to own my own missteps, especially if it's like, okay, let's just agree that what happened here included mistakes, mine and yours. That's like always what I'm going for, but that's not always. Yeah. Well, no. And I don't see you as someone who's like, who needs apologies at all. Like it's not, it has nothing to do with you. Right. (laughs) You don't need them to apologize for hurting you because in your opinion, they've only really hurt themselves by refusing to acknowledge (laughs) reality. Right. Like It's not about your feelings or about you needing anything from that person. It's more about like, it's the, you're just looking at it saying, but can't you see, but can't right. you see that this was, that you did this thing? Yes. Won't you acknowledge it? Yes. And I guess the apology would be an acknowledgement, but probably even a non-apology, but just in a, like owning up to it would probably yeah. get the job done too. Yeah. You know? That's so funny. Well, now oh, we've boy, really, we're super messed up. We've really aired ourselves. Um, we will yeah. link to this article so you all can read the triggers that make you mad, or it seems like these lists both are the things that make us mad, but also what we look like when we are mad. And I think both are, both are interesting. They just seem to kind of be combining them. So, well, before we wrap up, I just, I made a quick list of things that do help me when I know I'm in a season of chronic annoyance and I'll just, I'll just list them real quick. Um, But especially with my kids and what I talked about, kind of feeling guilty that they're seeing me in this state of ever present annoyance um, I try to verbalize that it's not you guys, it's me. I, and I say that in a million different ways. And I know actions speak louder than words, but I think the words are at least meeting them halfway there. So I might say something like, I'm so sorry, guys, I didn't sleep well last night. And, you know, the roof noise has been really weighing on me. So I apologize for sounding short. It's not you. I'm having a tough time. And I think I'm trying to model for them like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to admit that you're that you're feeling short fused. Now, I don't think it goes all the way because I think I, I do also want to model that I can just let things go and be a little less annoyed. But I think it, it, it's at least part of it. Um, I mentioned earlier sensory pleasures, really paying attention to what makes me feel good. And it might be the food I'm eating. It might be going to bed like really comfortable. I notice like, you know, my waistband feels tight or my ponytail feels tight and I have all these little things. So I really tried to double down the last couple of weeks on feeling physically, um, feeling physically good in my senses, lighting a candle, listening to soft music. So that I think is really helpful, especially because I, I do have that like teeth clenching, fist clenching, whatever the whatever the article said. Um, and then just practicing asking what I need. Like I need quiet in the car right now. Sorry, I know that's lame, but that's what I need right now. And I, I think I'm I think I, that comes more easily to me than to some personality types. I don't generally have a problem with it, but I might forget or I might forget to tune into what it is that I need and forget to ask because um, I'm human. So those are just some things that help me. How about you? Um, well, one of them that comes to mind is like letting other people pick up the slack. That's not always easy for me. And sometimes people will offer and it's and it's not some people, people will make a very like clear offer. And I don't take the offer because it's just something I feel like I should be able to power through. So why wouldn't I, but just like proactively 
allowing other people to do that. Um, like you said, like when you said, you know, telling your kids, it's not you, it's me just being honest about if I'm tired or if my week is kind of a bummer or if things are, if I feel overwhelmed, just being honest, even though I don't think I necessarily, um, read to my kids quite as like low level grumpy. Yeah. I do occasionally have those outbursts and like, I'm very quick. If I, if I had an outburst at my, one of my kids and then didn't apologize immediately, I would then carry that around for so mm, long that it would yeah. make me feel that much worse, like progressively worse. So I like immediately apologize, like, like before the words have even left my mouth half the time. And then I might say, you know, I'm just really tired. I'm going to go in my room for a little while, or I'm going to leave. It's, I need to go for a walk. Like just being really honest with the people around me about how I'm feeling, um, whether it's my kids or other people in my life. Um, leaning in on the disarray, like just going, okay, you know, you said before, sometimes for you that this will all be what this will all be better later stuff sometimes can become problematic because you're always looking forward to when things get better. Yeah. But on the flip side, someone sometimes for me just saying, I know this is just temporary. This is going to get better. Actually, it's helpful. It's kind of like, but in the meantime, I can still enjoy my life. In the meantime, it's not like I'm, it gives me permission to lean in on when things are just a little, uh, just a little wacky and yeah. be like, how can I just enjoy this day anyway? Or how can I get done whatever I can get done? Even if it's not everything I think I should be able to get done, or even if I'm a little disorganized or a little scattered. And then, um, this last one, I just saw a meme last week and it said something like, if you think everybody hates you, you need to go to bed or you need, you need <laughs> sleep. And if you think you hate, okay, no, I'm going to say that again. If you think everybody hates you, go to sleep. If you think you hate everybody, eat. And it made me laugh because I was like, it's so, that is so true. For me, I start to get, when I'm tired, I start to get like paranoid that people are mad at me. Mm -hmm. I start to feel left out. I start to think that people are are angry at me. I start to get, I I start to take things very personally Mm -hmm. um, and get my feelings hurt. And honestly, going to bed is like, it's just the solution. If that's what's happening to me, I go to bed. If I'm feeling really hangry. I probably need food in my system. Um, but I also put next to that giving up. And by that, I mean, sometimes if I get to a point where I'm just so stressed and I'm like, there's too much on my plate, I can't do it all. Um, you know, there's just too much happening. And like, I'm really, really overwhelmed. If I like in some out loud way, verbalize that I'm just like basically giving up, then somehow just the fact that I gave up means I get the energy back. It's really Mm -hmm. weird. Like I used to regularly when I was um, just freelancing and didn't have, you know, seven different businesses going on, but was freelancing and very busy at it and had five little kids at home. Every like couple of months, I would declare that I was taking two weeks off. I'd be like, I need a vacation. I'm taking two weeks off. (laughs) And just saying it, like not from parenting, but from work, um, just saying that I was going to take two weeks off made me feel so much better that two days later I would be back to work because I, it's not that I really needed a two week break. I needed like the possibility of the two week break. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to know that was possible. Um, so just like giving up sometimes, like I'll walk away from a task right in the middle of it and go to bed. I put my, I take to my bed sometimes at like, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about that at like six o'clock. I just put my pajamas on and get in bed and I don't get out of bed and I just stay there. I probably still don't fall asleep until 10, Right. but it's like, I've just, I've given up on all this adulting stuff for the night yeah. and yeah, and it works strangely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that one. And when my kids were little, I couldn't just give up quite the same way, but I could still put my PJs on and crawl onto my bed. I mean, I still, there were still things I could do to check out if I really needed that break. So yep. 
And often I think, I mean, especially as if you're like any kind of an achiever personality or a driven personality, we convince ourselves that we can't either give up or take a break or take a vacation. Mm. Um, so I, I like your radical approach of like, oh, just watch me, like watch me put my pajamas. <laughs> you don't think o'clock. I can? Like, <laughs> oh, I'll show you. Yeah. yeah. You're, it, sometimes I think we have an inflated sense of self-importance, especially as home managers, like yes. this will all fall to pieces if I don't put the dishes away before I go to bed. And I can tell you that won't happen because I actually have no problem leaving dirty dishes at the end of the night. It's not one well, of my or many hangups. <laughs> what I would say is even if you do put the dishes all the way, it'll still fall apart and fall to right. pieces because that's what the house does. I mean, yes. you know, there's never you're never going to get it so ahead that the next day there's not going to be some other huge mess to deal with. Yeah. So just okay. save it for tomorrow if you have to. Tomorrow will be a new day. Um, I thought it would be very fun and a little silly if we gave our speak pipe, um, which is our voicemail system and we'll, we'll link it in the show notes or it's just speakpipe.com slash the mom hour. That's a way you can leave us a voicemail. And I'm just throwing it out there that if anyone wants to leave us a voicemail with what is getting under their skin, making them annoyed or what Enneagram type they are. I mean, it's different than when we ask for listener questions or like do something. I don't think we'll do anything with these voicemails, but we'll listen to them. And if it helps you feel better to complain to us in a safe space. I will 100% listen to your complaints as they come in and I will be happy to do it. So um, I think that would be fun. I challenge you all to uh, tell us what's annoying you um, or what helps you when you're feeling chronically annoyed. So that's speakpipe.com slash the mom hour and we'll link it up in the show notes. And I don't know, I look forward to, I look forward to listening to those messages. Me too, me too. All right. Well, next week we are back with another of our house rules um, in our house rules series. These have been really fun and we've been getting a lot of um, great feedback about them. So we're going to be talking about kids birthdays, the ones you have in your house and the ones you're invited to and the house rules that make it all seem a little bit more manageable. So Megan, this was fun and we will talk to everybody next Tuesday. Back to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.